Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast. She Reads Truth creates beautiful, accessible Bible reading plans and resources to help you get into God's Word every day. Each week here on the podcast, we talk about what we're going to read together as a community this week. I'm your host, Rachel Myers. And I'm your other host, Amanda Bible-Williams. And friends, welcome to week one of our three-week series on the book of Leviticus. Let's go. I'm excited. We are here for it. We are excited. And after this conversation that we just had with Wendell and Devaney Cole, I'm even more excited. Same, same. So I, I cannot wait for you all to hear this conversation and just get ready and get prepared for your week of reading that's ahead of you. Wendell Cole is a pastor at Koinonia Bible Church in Kansas City. He's also on the executive board of the AND campaign in Kansas City. He's married to Devaney. Devaney, guys, listen to this. She's awesome. Devaney is a clinical scientist who has over 10 years of experience in bacteriology, and infectious disease. <laughs> I mean, thank you, Devaney, for being She's you. She's awesome. Yes. Yes. And she loves the Word, and she mm-hmm. gave some really neat insight into what we're going to encounter in Leviticus. You all, we've been looking forward to this, and we're excited to bring you along. So let's get right to it. Devaney and Wendell, welcome to the She Reads Truth Podcast. So pumped to have you guys here to talk about the book of Leviticus. <laughs> Drum roll. Yes. It's time for Leviticus. If you were going to join us on the She Reads Truth podcast and you could pick any book of the Bible <laughs> to read and talk about with us, what would be your first choice? Ooh, not Leviticus. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's fair. Yes. No yeah. shade to Leviticus. No shade, yeah, no Leviticus. shade to Leviticus. We're about to tell everybody why, like, change everybody's <laughs> yeah. mind. But yes, <laughs> yes. After studying Leviticus, I think it really is a profound book. I would have to say Genesis is yeah. one of my Same favorite. here. I'm really into Genesis. Yeah. Right yeah. <gasps> yeah. You guys, so. look at you. What a, what a match. This summer as a community, we read the book of Exodus together. And uh-huh. it, like as we were reading Exodus, I was like, oh my goodness, this tees us up so beautifully to read Leviticus in the fall. Yeah. So I, I feel like the community's like been well-prepared. They've got the context. They're excited. I mean, mark. I'm, I'm excited. Something you may not know, Wendell and Devaney, is that we, so She Reads Truth has been reading the Bible as a community for 10 years. Okay. We've never read through the book of Leviticus together. Okay. So there are like maybe four, four or five books of the Bible that we haven't read as like whole books yet of the 66. Yeah. So we, we put it, we've, I was about to say we put it off, which I almost took that back, but that's actually true. That might be a little true. <laughs> that's a little yeah. true. That might be a little true. <laughs> not because we're not excited about it, but because it's daunting. It is. Yeah. So kudos to you guys. Yeah. Okay, so as I was preparing and kind of reading Leviticus over the week and, and even yesterday, I was thinking— you kind of just kind of get these like headlines. You're like, okay, actually, this is what Leviticus is about. Mm-hmm. Or like, this mm-hmm. would be like a summary statement. But there are so many kind of varied summary statements. I want a popcorn. I want a popcorn together. Like, what would y'all say are like some of the summary statements of Leviticus? Ooh, that's a good. Like, question. one of the ones that, like, for me, was just like, sin is a really big deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. sin is serious. And, like, what other things are you guys going like high level? Like, what do you. Yeah. What's your take on on that book? For me, just like if you zoom out of Leviticus, I feel like it is a story that that's showing us God's grace 
and him yep. creating a space for us who are sinful to be in his holy presence. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I would piggyback on that. And, you know, in the, the preparation for this, just Leviticus 1 1. And it's this idea of drawing near. I know we use the terminology yeah. sacrifices and offerings and things like that, but it's literally the Hebrew term to draw near. And mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. you know, same as, as my wife said, it's this idea of, we always think of going to God, but the mm-hmm. reality is, is God has come to us, right? Emmanuel, you know, God yeah. with us, the same concept. And so God has now come in the midst of his people and he's saying, okay, listen, I'm going to be here, but this is how you can come near to me. And then, you know, you have all of these rituals, sacrifices, things like that. Mm-hmm. So if I had to retitle the book from Leviticus, it would be the drawing near book. Ooh, I like that. I like that too. The drawing near book. I think that like, even as you think about, because again, like I think there are just so many true angles Mm -hmm. or facets, let's say, of this book, because it's also so much about preparation and provision. Mm -hmm. Like you cannot, and so I will make it possible. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. and I mean, of course, like even, you know, we look at our key verse for the book of Leviticus coming from chapter 20, verse 26, that says, you are to be holy Mm -hmm. to me because I, the Lord, am holy, Mm -hmm. and I have set you apart from the nations to be mine. There's this Mm -hmm. setting apart. There's the I am holy, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I've set you apart to be mine, to be holy. I'm excited about this book. (laughs) I mean, the first headline that came to mind is the subtitle that yeah. um, the team chose for the study, which is "They Will Be Forgiven." Mm-hmm. And I feel like which is like so feely to me, like that makes my heart oof. feel. Yes, yes, <laughs> it does. And it didn't have to be that way, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. so much of this is, I just feel like God is going <laughs> to such great lengths, yeah, to do what mm-hmm. you said, Devony, to make a way, to make a space, yeah, for us to be with Him mm-hmm. when we shouldn't be able to. When I first started reading the Bible and I first started reading Leviticus, it was one of those just new to the faith. I just felt like, why does God make people do all of this? This was a lot. I thought it was excessive. I thought it was really mm-hmm. just. It was too much. But, you know, just continuing to grow in the Lord and learning. And just recently, I heard this metaphor that really helped me understand God's holiness. Have you guys heard about the sun, the metaphor comparing God's holiness to the sun? Like the star. Tell us. I don't know it. No, please tell us. So it's the sun in and of itself. It's just how it is, how it is created is it's hot. It's powerful. You can't just approach the sun. You can't mm-hmm. just go outside any old kind even of way. Look at, the sun. look at it directly. It will burn you. It will hurt you. But it is a good thing. We all need the sun. Every life, you know, we humans need it. Plants need it. We all need the sun. It is essential to our well-being, but it is dangerous mm. also. Mm. Yeah. So you can't, you have to take, certain precautions there are certain you know whatever they are for you in order to be able to enjoy and reap the benefits of the sun Hmm. without it hurting you and so when i heard that analogy that really helped me to understand the holiness of god and how you can't just approach his holiness in any kind of way so Mm -hmm. he understands (laughs) holiness is not casual Mm -hmm. right yes Mm -hmm. exactly yeah Mm -hmm. yeah 
Yeah. And I love that, Devony. What you're saying, the phrase that's coming to mind is the fear of the Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and that a lot of times when we are new to Scripture or we're new to the faith and we hear that phrase, the fear of the Lord, even like the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Well, what does that mean? I'm supposed to be afraid? But it's a reverential, mm-hmm. you know, awe and mm-hmm. that kind of fear. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's frame the book of Leviticus, this third book of the Bible, it is 27 chapters. Mm -hmm. Something that I learned in studying Leviticus this time is that it's sort of like this narrative stretch from, I think it's like Exodus 19 through Numbers 10. Like there's this stretch where Israel is encamped at Sinai for about a year. And I don't think I realized that kind of all of these events, like all of the events in these kind of the stretch of books and chapters occurred over the course of just a year. Right. When we just got, which is odd because when you're in, we just got out of Exodus. Right. And Exodus is like, here's 400 years in a chapter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It, I, it, then it, you start to crawl. And to go place slow. them still at the foot of Mount Sinai uh-huh. during this is just like, oh, and it actually, and we'll get to this, but like the significance of what God is saying, doing, forgiving, preparing mm-hmm. in light of what happened at the start of their time at the foot of Mount Sinai mm-hmm. is really significant. Mm-hmm. When you start thinking about Aaron, the future high priest, yeah. building idols for the people of Israel. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a it's a beautiful structure, especially when you think of Hebrew literature in general. Mm-hmm. Just a beautiful structure of, you know, what we would call the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, right? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and how they begin to frame it. So Genesis and Deuteronomy kind of are partnered in some ways. You have mm-hmm. Exodus and Numbers, which are kind of partnered in some ways. And you have Leviticus, that third book, which is right smack dab in the middle. Mm-hmm. The point of it is to make Leviticus the focal point of that five book structure. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. in the middle of Leviticus, then you actually have three kind of sections in Leviticus. And so you have another triad, if you will. Mm -hmm. So within Mm -hmm. the middle of Leviticus then is a certain section. And then in the middle of that section, that's chapters eight through 16, I believe. And in the middle of that section, actually starts talking about this day of atonement piece. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's this beautiful, like scoping in from the first five books to now scoping into Exodus and, and Numbers, and then scoping in any further to Leviticus. Then within Leviticus is three. You scope in even more the middle mm-hmm. section, and the scope in the middle of that is Day of Atonement. So it yep. it's driving home this beautiful point that the point of these five books, at least, and we know throughout the rest of Scripture, is atonement, is mm-hmm. yeah. God mm-hmm. wanting to, again, draw near. How do you reside within my presence? I'm going to make this happen. So it's a really magnificent book when you really see the structure of it. Oh, Wendell, you have these two Bible nerds over here. Like, I'm like, so big. Oh, we're talking chiasms right now. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Oh, that makes me really happy. And you described it so beautifully. Yeah. You're right. Because it does, it points in, 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 and it almost says this is the point. Yes. Like right here in the middle of the middle of the middle the point is atonement. Absolutely. And like we subtitled this book, They Will Be Forgiven. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and I love too that even though there are a lot of words, spoiler alert, guys, like there's a lot of words in Leviticus. Now, I did feel mm-hmm. convicted and challenged and encouraged sure. when I saw that on in our introduction, there's a really hefty setting the stage Oh, you'll um, want to read section all of in that this front book. Matter. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you all don't have a printed study book, 
I would suggest grabbing, either grabbing it anyway, just to have it on your shelf, or getting the digital version, Mm -hmm. because I was schooled by this book. That's right. Same. (laughs) Yeah, it Mm -hmm. is. So that's right. Mm -hmm. Devony's holding hers up. (laughs) It's beautiful, which also made me happy. But it's just really rich with information, and like on like a 101 level, because I am going to go ahead and show my cards that I have not spent a lot of time in Leviticus as a Bible reader. There are just so (laughs) many other places to read in the Bible. It's really easy to justify, like, skirting around Mm -hmm. and reading a little bit here and there Mm -hmm. and some of the highlights. But in the setting the stage section of the study book, which is just a lot of introductory material to get you ready to read the book of Leviticus, the introduction is called She Reads Leviticus, Mm -hmm. and we always put... Like, what is that kind of average amount of time it would take a reader if you just sat down, mm. no breaks, just read through, and it said two hours and three minutes. And mm-hmm. I thought, you're telling me that the length of a movie, mm-hmm. and I could read this book straight through. And know what it says. And I know mm-hmm. how few times I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> and so not in like a legalistic way or a guilt trip way, but like, this standoffish thing that we have with Leviticus, it's kind of bogus. It's like, not as imposing as yes. we let it feel. Like, we can yeah. do this, y'all. We mm-hmm. can read yeah. this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would just say that as believers, we have to understand that there's there's no growth with comfort. It's going to take time. And yeah. so if you just go to, you know, the quote unquote easy sections, which probably when you really dive into them, aren't that easy either. But, <laughs> but if, you, yeah. if you just go into the easy mm-hmm. sections, you're mm-hmm. going to miss a lot. And, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, I'll yeah. raise my hand and say for sure, you know, I was guilty of this, even with Leviticus and going mm-hmm. through and learning about sacrifices and learning about, you know, Aaron and his sons and the priesthood. And it's like, okay, yes, it's two hours, but that is tough reading. But then when you mm-hmm. get into mm-hmm. it, it's like, oh, this is actually really beautiful in what he's trying to paint a picture of and teach Mm -hmm. us. But you don't get there without struggling through a little bit. Without doing the work. Absolutely. So, yes, absolutely. It's just like going to the gym and, like, lifting the weights and, like, doing the hard work. Uh Uh (laughs) Yeah, it's not a book that you can just cherry pick a few verses Mm -hmm. out of. For sure. Done. Got it. And you'd be like, but you'd be careful which verses you cherry pick, or you'll be like, what have what? I found yeah. here? Yeah. But Wendell, you're so right because there, and we'll find this. I mean, we haven't even gotten into verse one. We, I, we slightly got into verse one, but like we haven't started reading yet. And we're realizing, oh, there's so much that I would be missing out on mm-hmm. in the understanding of this story, this great big story, mm-hmm. if I don't read this book. Yes. Yeah. Like we are actually missing out on the richness and the depth of. What's happening? Yes. Yeah. So making our way through the front matter, Wendell, I can't I can't do any better than what you've already done in explaining the chiasm structure of the Pentateuch, of the book of Leviticus. So those of y'all with study books, if you want to see a visual of that, yes. you can see yeah. that on pages 24 and 25, and it will, I think, help you immensely, mm-hmm. paired with Wendell's explanation, which was just spot on and beautiful. So make sure that you spend a little bit of time there, because again, it's this like, oh, that makes it even more significant. Mm-hmm. Like, everything feels so intentional, yes. and I love that. Yeah, yeah. What other setting the say? And regrettably, we cannot work our way through the entire setup <laughs> that's in the study book, but it's so good and so worth it. Mm-hmm. Wendell, you're a pastor. Mm-hmm. 
And if you are walking your congregation through the book of Leviticus, mm-hmm. you know, we've already kind of popcorn said some things here yeah. and there, but I just said a moment ago something about the old covenant and the new covenant and the sacrificial system that is no more. Like, we're not doing the, this anymore, sure. right? Yeah. Like, sure. we're not bringing this type of sacrifices to a priest to atone for our sins. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of help us just give us like a high-level understanding of of that and what is happening in Leviticus mm-hmm. and how that is different on this side of the first advent of Jesus yeah, and this side of his death and resurrection. Yeah. So, so I would say it's more similar than different, but the differences really matter. Ooh, I like that. And with that, what I mean is God is always trying to bring this thing back together, our relationship back together. Yeah. Where Exodus begins to leave off, you know, you have this wonderful tabernacle that that's built and put together. And and I think the if you can picture the tabernacle in, in your mind, so you have at the front of the tabernacle, you have this massive blue curtain. And on the yeah. front of this massive blue curtain are two massive cherubim that are stitched on it. Mm-hmm. And then kind of in direct middle of that, you have this flaming altar that's going on. Now, if you Go all the way back to Genesis. What was at the entry point of the garden? Well, when Adam and Eve were removed from the garden, you had two cherubim that were guarding. You had a flaming sword Mm -hmm. flying around, Mm -hmm. whatever that looked like. We don't know. Mm -hmm. So there's this idea of God saying, listen, I want to redo this Eden thing kind Mm -hmm. of, and I want to be Mm -hmm. back in your presence. I want to be back in your midst, but here's how it's going to happen. And part of that is now being fleshed out in a very literal way with these sacrifices. And one of them being that burnt offering. And so that burnt offering was one of the animals that would be brought and completely consumed and transformed by the fire. And then on the other end, as that smoke and that ash went up, it ascended before God. Mm -hmm. It's this blameless offering that's brought on somebody else's behalf, Mm -hmm. consumed by God's glory, consumed Mm -hmm. by this fire, then transformed on the other end and goes up before God. As we're thinking of this new covenant and we're thinking yeah. about what our Savior did, it's that wonderful reality and story being told again. Mm-hmm. It's this blameless lamb, this spotless lamb who now is sacrificed on the altar, completely consumed, more or less, mm-hmm. and then comes out the other side, transformed. And then we read in Hebrews, then that he ascended right mm-hmm. to the right hand of the Father. And so there's mm. this wonderful story that's happening that just as this burnt offering kind of gave us access to some degree back into Edenic state, Mm -hmm. back into Eden Mm -hmm. and back into a good relationship with God, so much more so Mm -hmm. did Jesus do that with Mm -hmm. his life, death, burial, and resurrection. And so there's this wonderful parallel that's happening, but Jesus being, you know, the final stamp, the final sacrifice, better than all the blood of bulls and goats that that preceded him. Mm -hmm. And so I think, if I were speaking to my congregation, I know it's a long answer to your question, but if I were speaking to my congregation, <laughs> no, that would be kind of the mindset I would want them to enter into is yeah. when we're reading these things, this is God, again, trying to reestablish this relationship. We know that that finally happened in this new covenant with Jesus's death on the cross, with Jesus's resurrection and ascension. So, mm. yes, amen. As you're saying that, Wendell, I'm just thinking about 
the goodness of God and the mm-hmm. like the all-knowingness of he knew and knows the entire story. Mm-hmm. So even on Sinai as he's going like let's set up a sacrificial system yeah. so that you can approach me so that you can be forgiven so that you don't have to die for your sin yeah. mm-hmm. because everyone would be dead mm-hmm. at the same time god who knows everything is going there will be a once and for all sacrifice yes. like he knows mm-hmm. that and he is that mm-hmm. and it's just beautiful to think about that he's you know adorning the priests and and preparing the sacrifices and all the while there will come a time and has now for us come a time where God was the priest yeah. and the sacrifice, yeah. but mm-hmm. like once and for all time. Yes. So as we go into these first 10 chapters, it's not a book. There are some podcast series where we like read the entire text of the book and we're probably, no, we're not probably, we're for sure not going to do that. But I like, Wendell, that you started by just like referencing chapter one, verse one. Mm-hmm. And yeah. which says, then the Lord summoned Moses and spoke to him from the tent of meeting. Mm-hmm. Speak to the Israelites and tell them, when any of you brings an offering to the Lord from the livestock, may you bring your offering from the herd or the flock. And then we go. Like we're talking about all of the offerings. To me, as I started to read these, I don't know. I think probably it's very likely that we've all had like different reactions to this. Something that struck me in the first couple of chapters as we read about the different burnt offerings, like the livestock, the grain, the birds, all of these things. I don't know why this is maybe so elementary that everyone is like, well, yeah, Rachel. But like, it really hit me this time. Every single thing that the Lord required of Israel were things that He also provided Mm -hmm. to Israel. Like the livestock mm-hmm. he grew, the mm-hmm. the birds of the air, like he he the grain only existed because he gave it to them. Mm-hmm. And so this requirement was also like he provided it to make sure they could mm-hmm. sacrifice it. Yeah, I think it it says something as much. I think it's Leviticus 17. Yeah, Leviticus 17, 11, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it. So this is God speaking. And I have given it yeah. for you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. And so I think so often we think of, oh, I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. This is something mm-hmm. I've developed, cultivated, fed, nurtured, whatever. And I'm going to bring that to Yahweh as, you know, for whatever, saying thank you or whatever it is. He's like, no, 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 mm-hmm. no. You, you really don't have anything to bring. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to mm-hmm. give you something to bring. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to give you a gift. And then you're going to give yeah. it back to me yes. as a reflection of your heart. And, you know, that has many connotations to it. But the first one I thought of when I read that and I thought of the offerings was actually just John three sixteen, for mm-hmm. God so loved yeah. that he gave. Right. Mm-hmm. And he, he gave, gave the sacrifice yeah. yes. that then was presented mm-hmm. back, back to him, him mm-hmm. to mend this relationship. Yeah. And so I think it's a beautiful orchestration there by God. Yeah. Something I love about the end of each of our reading days, especially in this study, are the going deeper passages. Mm-hmm. And the they're kind, short, but they're sweet. They're short and very sweet. Mm-hmm. And then also there's a little reflection section, like an observe and reflect on each day where you can just like if you're like, I don't know what to say, it's just a chance to observe and say, like, here's what I am seeing. And then, you know, there's a prompt, there's a reflection question on each day, which I super appreciate. But going back to the going deeper passages, in day one, 
They're both so wonderful. I see that Amanda has marked that she wants to read Exodus 20, and I want to read First Peter. Devaney, will you read Exodus 20, verse 24 for us? Because it just feels so relevant as we are starting off the book of Leviticus. So Exodus 20, 24, this is the ESV version. An altar of earth you shall make for me and sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and your peace offerings, your sheep and your oxen. In every place where I cause my name to be remembered, I will come to you and bless you. Hmm. And then we go straight to the New Testament, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. And it says, and it's just this, like, you know this. <laughs> for And it says, For you know that you were redeemed from your empty way of life inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of an unblemished and spotless lamb. The New Testament is beautiful, but it is glorious in the in the light in the context mm-hmm. of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I was thinking of you know as you're talking about the unblemished, spotless lamb, and the scandal that that is. It, I mean, we mm-hmm. and I think we get it to some degree because of you know our awareness or familiarity with the story of Jesus, but. There's the reality. So put yourself into an Israelite mind. They have been told that the wages of sin are death. But yet here I am offering a lamb or a goat or a sheep or whatever that has nothing wrong with it. And it dies. Mm -hmm. I should die, but it dies. But it it never like became sinful. It never did anything wrong. But now I'm offering it up on my behalf. And so something that doesn't deserve death gets death. Mm-hmm. And somehow it's blood, which now is just sprinkled on all sorts of stuff throughout throughout mm-hmm. the tabernacle. Yeah. And later on in Leviticus, it says, you know, we know in Leviticus 17, the life is in the blood. So we're sprinkling this blood, this quote unquote life on everything. And you're as an Israelite sitting there like, what does this even mean? something that doesn't deserve death, getting death and blood being on everything. And you're telling me that this is life. Well, fast yeah. forward. And now we read first Peter's like, Oh, Oh, so this is yeah. Jesus yeah, who yeah. didn't deserve death and his mm-hmm. blood is bringing life. Oh, I get it. Okay. And so you begin to make those connections exactly. and it makes that gospel just, it just pops. It just is so beautiful. Yeah. It does. Mm-hmm. It yeah. does. Hey friends, interrupting this conversation really quickly to tell you that while it is still September, Advent is just around the corner. That's right. This coming Wednesday, September 28th, Advent launches for She Reads Truth. That means all the books, all the good things, the covers, the artwork, the crafts, the recipes, you'll get to start hearing about all of that this Wednesday. And so if you want to be one of the first to pre-order this year's Advent book, you can go to shopshereadstruth.com right now and sign up to make sure that you are on the list to get text alerts and email alerts. And of course, if you're a subscriber, you can just sit back and relax because you're already on the list and there is a book with your name on it. Also this Wednesday, Amanda and I recorded a special bonus podcast episode about Advent and the reading plan and all the things that you'll have to look forward to in this year's Advent experience. So lots to look forward to, but until then, let's get back to the show. Something that y'all listening are going to read 
kind of repeatedly this week is this language of like, if you sin intentionally or if you sin unintentionally. So there's a lot of conversation Mm -hmm. about like, because people, for one thing, may not be familiar with the law because this is new and they're learning it and it is an enormous community. I think we said it was the size of like two Connecticut's or something like that. That was our rough estimate when we were reading this community. Yes, 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 yes. yes, Okay. When we were reading about the Exodus and kind of those numbers, we were like maybe one to two Connecticut's in size. (laughs) See, official unit of measurement. Uh (laughs) Um, (laughs) It is highly possible that one would sin not knowing that what they were doing was sinning. This is new. And I think that it was just really interesting and maybe even convicting for me as I read, because the instructions for that is if, you know, if one of you sins unintentionally and later realizes or it comes to your knowledge that what you've done was sin, you must make a sacrifice for it. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, well, I didn't know at the time. So like, I can't be held accountable for that or responsible for that. Mm-hmm. And this was like, like I was saying at the very beginning of this episode where I was going, like, sin is serious. And for God, like, whether, you know, whether it occurs to you that you've sinned immediately or if it was intentional or if it was unintentional and you realize it later, it is still just as dead serious Mm -hmm. and a sacrifice is required. And I think that that just kind of moved me toward repentance, mm-hmm. you know, and and helped me, it humbled my heart in going like, where did I do something with good intentions even, not realizing that what I did was harmful or hurtful? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and how can I, you know, make that right? Yeah. Well, and the reality is you can't. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But Jesus did. Yeah. Yes. And, and that's, that's yeah. exactly Man. right. Yeah. How can I repent? How can I not repent retroactively? And the, there is grace for that. And as the book says, they will be forgiven. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's such mercy in those words. Like I'm looking at this now. This is in the Tuesday reading in Leviticus 5. So many repeated phrases throughout the book of Leviticus. Yes. I, I a lot was of very talk. I wasn't talking about that, but yes, <laughs> a lot of repeated phrases that I just you know you keep coming across. And one of those, Rachel, is you know if someone does X Y Z without being aware of it, without being aware of it, without being aware of it, yeah. and it just like that is it just to it, it reiterates how sin is our condition. Mm-hmm. There is going to be unintentional sin mm-hmm. and there is going to be mm-hmm. intentional sin. Yes. And so just the the provision, God's provisions for that even in this sacrificial system yeah. is mercy, I think. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, we were my wife and I were discussing, you know, these consistent themes. You had an illustration just about like even like the Cinderella thing and how yeah. we have these consistent patterns that are echoed all throughout scripture and one of those that I found, you know, even in this book was, I've heard some scholars refer to it as almost the vandalism of sin. So there's mm-hmm. the personal consequence, right? I sin, I cause harm for myself. But then there's the relational consequence, you know, me mm-hmm. with other people. And then there's that, even yeah. environmental or, you know, local mm-hmm. consequences, right? Mm-hmm. That, that are going to happen. And what's interesting is as you all read through this and as you all read through Leviticus, there are times when he takes the blood and he puts it on objects. Mm-hmm. And remember the blood, the point of it is to cleanse and to make payment. And so at the very beginning, you know, when they offer up this burnt offering, they take some of this, well, this is when Aaron is ordained. They take some of the blood from the ram that is presented and put it on the horns of the altar to purify the altar. And then they yeah. pour it out at the base of the altar to atone for the altar. 
like not not the person, but the actual altar. Right. And so there's, yeah. there's this idea that our sin has even corrupted the land. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And yeah. When we go to Romans eight when it talks about there's this even creation has been subjected yes. to futility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's this idea that there is a massive blight that happens not just with us individually, but I think in our communities that happen because of our sin. And and so now when you think of Jesus's atoning sacrifice, it remedies so much that it's not yes. just, I get saved, mm-hmm. praise God, hallelujah, absolutely. Right. But also right. my relationships begin to function different. I begin to function different in my environment and there are mm-hmm. residual yes. benefits that happen all throughout. And so it's, it's really a powerful act. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We're going to see that in Friday's reading where the disobedience of Nadab and Abihu, I'm going to yeah. say. Yeah. I would say, yeah. <laughs> sure. mm-hmm. But two of Aaron, priest Aaron's sons, mm-hmm. brought like an unauthorized sacrifice. Mm-hmm. All the rules and, had been set forth and they were like freestyling. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and I think it shows that, that mm-hmm. like this is not, this was their sin, but the ripple effect of that sin, yes. mm-hmm. you know, then you start to get into just the brokenness yes. of the, mm-hmm. gen- like you like you said, Wendell. Yes. It's mm. just that, that sin is dead serious. I mean, we looked at, at the beginning of their time at the base of Mount Sinai and they burnt the golden calf. And the consequence was that a lot of people Died yeah. or put what? to death. That's a really hard passage it was this, to read. It was this devastating. Like when we read it, when we were in Exodus, we were like, "I don't ugh, like this is hard to read." And also, it reminded us of how serious this was and how in desperate need of a sacrificial system the people of Israel were. We are right, mm-hmm. and so for them, it was not four hundred years later. It was recent. Like that yeah. was a recent occurrence for them, and so this system. I don't know. I imagine in many ways maybe came as a like, I hope a relief. Yeah. Something else before we turn the page from day two, which I realize we're like on the very back half of this kind episode. Of all over the place. I know it's fine. But I saw that you had this marked in your book as well, Amanda. Did I? In chapter five, verse seven, it's this beautiful, beautiful tie to oh. the book of Luke. Because it, again, it's just like outlining this is the sacrificial system. This is what happens. But in verse seven, it says, But if he cannot afford an animal from the flock, then he may bring to the Lord two turtle doves or two young pigeons. And we oh, go ahead. Before you make the connection that I know you're about to make, yes, please. Just looking at that at face value and how that that kind of language appears. If you cannot afford, if you cannot do, there's this, provision, there's provision, provisions provision. for yes. the poor or the and yes. and provisions for resident aliens. Mm-hmm. Like they're included. Yes. yes, and I just that's pretty radical. And mm-hmm. yes, and so in we itself. and so we see this this like if you're familiar with Luke two and three like. These, 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 is it the turtle doves or the pigeons? I think it's the two turtle doves. Well, if I'm singing the Christmas song. It's two turtle doves for <laughs> sure. Um, so we see Mary and Joseph bring a sacrifice to the temple, and they are poor. And so the thing that they can afford to bring is not livestock, but birds. And mm. it's cool on a couple of levels. One, that, that God chose this very poor couple mm-hmm. and went there to bring forth his son to incarnate him. But... It's also just really like it helps us like draw like a tighter line between like when Jesus was born, the sacrificial system was still in place. Like it was hmm. they they were still doing this thing as recently as when Jesus was born. Yeah. 
Another connection, Wendell, when you were making the, the, you know, the connection between the sacrifice that was without fault and Jesus, who was also without mm-hmm. sin, another piece of imagery, and it's not just imagery, it's what's actually happening, that I think it makes understanding who Jesus is and what He has done and what He is doing for us is the role of the priest. Like, we just, you know, here at the beginning of Leviticus, it feels like you're falling into, like, a story that's already in progress. Mm -hmm. And then the Lord said, Mm -hmm. you know, and He just keeps talking. The priesthood that has been established really kicks into high gear here, and they are just all over the place. And so that role, there's so much repeated language of, the you know here's what you are to do and then the priest will do this mm-hmm. or the priest is to you know xyz and so a lot of the priestly role is a non-negotiable in mm-hmm. this system mm-hmm. i can't just bring it myself and do my own thing mm-hmm. right and so to connect that to jesus mm-hmm. as our high priest help us understand that just give us like a little Mm-hmm. flyover of that, Wendell. Yeah. So so the priests, you know, if you even go back to Exodus 28 and 29, talks about the priestly garments and, and yes. how they're decorated and yeah. all of that. There's wonderful symbolism there yes. from the linen to the ephod with all the stones on their yep. chest to almost a golden crown that's on their head, so to speak, and saying, I'm, you know, I'm the Lord's. There's this idea with the priests going back again to Eden. So still there's this Eden symbolism that's carrying forward of these priests are new humanity, quote unquote, a a, a symbol, right? It's this Mm -hmm, idea of Mm -hmm. I'm reestablishing this, a representative before me that's going to go in and out from my presence the way Mm -hmm. that Adam and Eve did. Well, now you have this wonderful tie to Jesus being this new humanity. Romans 5, I think. When it's talking about, you know, in Adam, you have all this going on, but now in Jesus, you have all of this going on. He's a new Adam, a new humanity. And so Jesus on our behalf gets to go in and out of the presence of Yahweh, the father to take atonement. You know, we read this in Hebrews. I love it that you all are going into Hebrews next. Take atonement, you know, into the Holy of Holies. Well, the priests get to do this as well. And so they are a earthly representation of that crossover, that intermediary between heaven and earth. And you see this in so many different ways yes. from how the costume that they're in, you see even when Aaron and his sons are anointed with with oil that's mixed with blood. So you have oil representing something that's like heavenly abundance given, and you have blood representing something that's more earthly. And so they put it on their ear, their thumb yes. and their toe which is kind of mm-hmm. odd for us. Like, man, you're wiping it me is, down with yeah. blood. Like, what is going on mm-hmm. here? Well, uh, it was the cleansing. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It was the cleansing. Yeah, so it's this idea of these are going to be my representatives, going to go in and out mm-hmm. of my presence on your behalf, mm-hmm. Jesus being the full personification mm-hmm. of that, our high priest, yes. mm-hmm. you know, as mm-hmm. Hebrews says. And I love Hebrews because then it talks about we we don't need any other high priests like there right. mm-hmm. that Aaron lineage eventually ends and he's actually a high priest in the order That's of right. Melchizedek which is mm-hmm. a whole mm-hmm. other rabbit hole but that mm-hmm. beautiful symbolism of Jesus going in and representing us in the same way these priests mm-hmm. did. That's right, and that Jesus has a chair at the right hand yes. of the Almighty to sit in like in the 
tabernacle, there wasn't a chair for the priest because the priest work was never done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was never enough right. atonement mm-hmm. because the sin was constant, mm-hmm. the need was constant. We're gonna read this week, like on Wednesday, about the flame that burned constantly. And it was it's mm-hmm. very specific in chapter six. It's like the flame is never to go out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because mm-hmm. the, the need is never gone. Yeah. Right. But mm. Jesus, we'll read in Hebrews, sat down. Yeah. Because his work was I think that just as we're talking about the priest, like the picture of mercy that we're given, Mm -hmm. not just in the tabernacle and, of course, the mercy seat and the sacrifices, but like the very man that was chosen to be the high priest was the man who led the people of Israel to worship other gods. Mm. And the Mm. fact that God gave him mercy, I'm going to put the ephod on you. I'm going to put the diadem on your head that says, holy to the Lord even though you have messed up epically. Mm -hmm. And not just for yourself, but you have led my people to worship not me and to give false gods credit for the work that I did in taking them out of Egypt. You are the one that gets to to be the the go-between between the people and me. That mercy to me, uh-huh. that forgiveness, like I think that especially in like we we live in a cancel culture. And so like you mess up that epically, you're out. Yeah. Oh, you are out. Yeah. You are and never Moses. to ever, ever represent the Lord again. You're at- the Lord would have no representatives. Right. right. <laughs> the Lord would have no representatives. And so for like God invited me. Yeah. To yes. get to sit in this chair in front of this microphone through no like effort of my own, through no deserving of my own. I am the least deserving. Yeah. And Amanda, you would say the same for yourself. And everyone listening would say the same. And yet he gives us this opportunity to be a royal priesthood. Every one of us. Yeah. We are yeah. the tabernacle. We are the indwelling of the presence of God as believers. And we are we are little priests. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Even though we have messed up royally. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's the Bible story. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's the idea that, and I think this is what floored me when I really started digging into what we would call the Old Testament, is that God radically and irrationally in my mind wants to be with his people and he will yeah. make a way and not just be with them just to be with them, but I want to be with you to elevate you in spite of whatever you have done, whatever failures you have encountered, whatever, you know, trials and tribulations you have failed in, I want to give you this crown, but I messed up, but Mm -hmm. I still want to give you this crown. Okay. You messed up again, but I still want to give you this crown and I'm Mm going to keep doing this over and over and over again, you know, from, from now till, till kingdom come, because that's God's heart toward us. And that to me is just, I can't even that's fathom the it. love. Absolutely. Yeah, yes. that's the, I will pick the most epic failure among you. Yes. And he's going to be the one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's love. Yeah. Okay. I want to use that as our segue. I have a kind of a big question for you, Devaney, that I've been very excited to ask. Okay. Um, <laughs> because nervous. we are, oh, don't be nervous. We just, we're just talking. Like yeah. I just, because I know what you do for a mm-hmm. living, what you do with your days. You're a scientist, which is just epically cool. I'm so, mm-hmm. it, but specifically, are, what kind of scientist, Devonie? Tell us. Uh-huh. Well, I'm kind of a couple of things. The first decade of my career was microbiologist and infectious disease. And then now it's just kind of general. I do chemistry and 
hematology. I don't, you know, if you don't, <laughs> those words are too crazy, I can define any of them. I know hematology. Yeah. It's so like, chemistry, yeah. hematology, yeah. and a little bit of microbiology, but I'm kind of those realms right That's now. That's so for the most cool. Part. And okay. Okay. So you probably have a different experience when you read, because after yes. when we get through the end of this week, next week, we get into these sections on what is clean and what is unclean. Yes. And then also laws of cleanliness. Yes. So like, you know, if you have a blister or a scab or a wound or whatever, there are instructions. Yes. Because we have to remember there was not an infrastructure. Right. In this community, this like traveling nation, right? Mm -hmm. And so the priests kind of take a role of like also physician for like physical and Mm -hmm. not just spiritual. I imagine you have a different experience when you read about all the communicable diseases in Leviticus and the instructions (laughs) for it. So we were just talking about how so much of this is is demonstrating God's love for us. And I would love for you to help us understand, like, where is God? I mean, He's speaking the words, but also, like, where is His heart for us in all of these really detailed instructions about diseases? I have to admit, I approach the Bible scientifically sometimes, sometimes to a fault, though, so I'm working on that. Mm -hmm. But I think, like, when I read these different parts in Leviticus, I don't think that a lot of people understand how easy it is to transfer and to spread disease, especially like skin diseases and how just touching certain things that someone else touched, it just takes a little bit. In the lab, we only just needed a very tiny amount to inoculate our media and grow lots. And so yeah. I just think that it, it shows how intentional he is. It shows how a lot of times... I'm kind of all over the place, but a lot of times when people will no, come to the lab to visit, we have to remind them where they're at because mm. you cannot just huh. come in there and I'm just touching and I'm just drinking or I'm just like, we have to you wash your hands when you leave. Some of us wore different shoes when mm-hmm. we came to work mm-hmm. and then we switched them when we went home mm-hmm. because these tiny details matter and God being the creator knows this. And so I just mm-hmm. think that it just shows how intentional he is and I feel like we're just discovering the things that he he's been knowing and yeah absolutely they make perfect sense all of these things Mm -hmm. that he has these rituals and these laws he has for the diseases and the cleanliness in Leviticus they make perfect sense to someone like me who understands Mm -hmm. at least what we can understand how that's right contagious and transferable these things are and he's putting these parameters to keep his people safe. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That is so helpful. And I just, I didn't want to miss the opportunity for us and our listeners to like hear you say that, because I think, you know, there is a way to read it where we're just going, this feels almost like humiliation. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, but that's yeah, not, like that's and, not mm-hmm. that, right. And it that's not the heart of it at all. Mm-hmm. That to say unclean in the book of Leviticus, that doesn't equal sinful. Like it's mm-hmm. not, mm-hmm. you know, the stories in, and we may read that at mm-hmm. some point mm-hmm. as a supplemental, I'm not sure, but where it's like, well, who sinned? Mm-hmm. This man or his parents mm-hmm. with the, the yeah. blind man? Mm-hmm. You know, that this yeah. doesn't mean sinful. This is, 
But it also, there's a connection to be drawn, and I'll save it because we'll get to it next, next week, week yeah. between cleanliness and perfection, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. and, and like who God is. But yeah, it's an interesting, I wish that we had time to just yeah. sit down. Mm-hmm. I just like, I know. What about this? I know. <laughs> I know. You know, I just want to throw in the real quick. It's also, don't stay in that unclean state. Like you can come That's out right. of it. So That's, That's right. right. Yeah. There's yeah. a restoring. You're exactly right. And yeah. A, yeah. That's really, which, goodness, there's a sermon in there. There's mm-hmm. got to be a sermon in there, Wendell. Oh, I'm, I'm already, <laughs> when she said she removes the shoes, I'm thinking of Moses removing his sandal. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's where, Think about she's, it. Yeah, she's smart, y'all. I, I married a good yeah, one. Let's see oh. right there. I believe it. Uh, I love it. Yeah, that's good. As I was reading the first 10 chapters, it all seemed so kind of, almost transactional, but that's not the right word, but it's just very like, here are the things that must be done. Very detailed. And mm-hmm. like this like question kept rising in me and like, but are they sorry? Like, mm-hmm. do they understand like what remorse, like is there, are they sorry for their sins? Because like there's not like a, and you repent, like you're not getting that relational connection. It feels so transactional to mm-hmm. me. And I appreciated that in our Going Deeper reading, it was not a New Testament passage, but an Old Testament passage that said in Psalm 51, the sacrifice pleasing to God is a broken spirit. You will not despise a broken and humble heart, God. Mm. Like it just, it wasn't like it's all transactional. It was just like, no, here's the system. But what I care about most, not just in the New Testament, but in the Old, is your heart Mm -hmm. and you being humble towards me. It's like, it's, it's like a... Six eight that like I desire that you walk humbly with me. Anyway, it was just beautiful to see these going deeper passages, sort of underscoring the heart of God and tying them between the Old and the New Testament. I know that we're out of time. I am this loving so fun. the book of Leviticus. It turns out, Wendell and Devony, thank you for joining so us. Much. Yes, yeah. You all just remember when you're reading this week. And if you feel like you're getting bogged down, just imagine the four of us cheering you on, like you're in yeah. like a, a yes. foot race, and we're just cheering you on on the sidelines. And we're learning yeah. too. We yeah. are learning too. Yeah. Yes, we are. That's the dream. Yeah, that we, as we record, that we learn things. That that is how good the spirit is. That we would learn as we as we discuss and kind of yes. unpack things. So next week, we have a new friend joining us on the podcast for Leviticus Week 2. Her name is Felicia Masonheimer. Can't wait to meet her and chat Week 2 with her. But until next week, Wendell and Devaney, what do we tell our friends? Keep opening your Bibles.